Those, that part, the image part. That's why you see a woman is different than a man. But altogether, if you look at God, you can see the nurturing, the mother, that kind of part with him. You know, I know he's called father, but he's not a man or a woman. He's the perfect. And when you look at a perfect marriage, in the, I'm going to get deeper and deeper into this. You, it's supposed to be so you can see the revelation of, of, of the, fa- the father and whole, because the two become one, so they're not really separated. Hope you guys can follow. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Then God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a help me. So now we go to Genesis, jump to 20 to 25. That was 18. And Adam gave all the names to the cattle and the fowl and the air and the beast and, and, and found and helped me. And, and then the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. So he slayed him in the spirit, out, whatever, upon Adam. And he slept. And he took out one of his ribs, and he closed his flesh, therefore he took, this is what I'm saying, then he took that nurturing part of that woman, I'm not talking about sex, because he's not talking about sex, because God is not a sex. God, he said, made in his image, means his likeness of person, the the way he is. So when you see in the spirit, Adam and Eve, together, made one flesh, you guys follow what I'm saying? Because I'm not saying God's a woman. Because that's the whole, and there's all, I'm not at all, I'm saying in the image of the two becoming one, but we're going to be going into the deeper things of what Paul was talking about with this. So, that's what he did. So he took that part, well he took the rib out, and he put, took that whole, those personality, those traits, and those, because the man is the covering, the strong one, the, the woman's the weaker vessel, the nerd. So he, he took that, so, and then he said, multiply, right? And then he took the rib, and the Lord had taken from man, and made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. So the two are one. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. See, God said that in the beginning, but before the fall of man. That was his perfect will. Now I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to take you now in later on into Matthew where Jesus brings this up again. But now we see sin is coming to the world. So, remember, you need to know the beginning to know the end. That's why we have a whole Bible. We just don't have a New Testament. And then he talks about the great mystery, though. We, it, later we, he talks about... The covenant, and this is about covenant and the two becoming one. And we get to where Paul is saying about Christ and the church, right? And then we have where he made a covenant with man and with Adam. And he also, we have a covenant now with Jesus. Do we not? If he's, and that's, so everything that God does in the natural is for the spiritual things to open our eyes so we believe and we can follow. And he continues to, 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 to uh, pull back veils so we can never deny we're like there's because he but it's not doesn't come in one day and that's why Jesus said I'd like to tell you guys all these different things I like to sit here and tell you all this stuff but I can't because you don't have the Holy Spirit yet I must go and send the covenant because when you have the Holy Spirit you're going to understand and he's also said all the things that I have told you now and the things that I've been telling you you're going to forget and don't even understand because he must have said that he's going to go and be crucified ten times and like well, what's going on and then he's then all of a sudden but when you get the Holy Spirit, you'll even remember a lot of other things. So we have that Holy Spirit if you have the baptism, you're born again, and you have a Spirit in it. So it helps us with our infirmities, it helps us through, through trials, and it helps us to see Jesus' revelation, His revealing of Christ, and the mysteries of who God is in our life and who He is for the church. It's not all about God's way up there and He's here. He wants to partner with us in covenant. And He is, but we need to follow Him. We need to be a faithful bride. Because Israel became a harlot so many times that even he had prophets marry harlots to show Israel in the natural what the heck they were doing in the, in the natural sense. But now we are spiritual. I'm not talking about getting into all that because everyone debates about this. But we are a spiritual Israel in a sense. We are, when God talks about his people, we're, there's one new man. So we're all his, his, his bride who have the blood of Jesus. And have repented for their sins and have been born again. So, and he says this. So, 
definition of covenant is a contract between two people or an agreement, two parties. Hebrew word, it means berit, is to cut. Have you ever had a jo- job or build a house and, and, or buy a house or buy something? They're like, okay, we worked out all the details. Let's cut the contract. It comes, everything, a lot of stuff man does they don't even realize comes from God in the Bible. So, he says, let's, we're going to cut a contract tomorrow. That means they're making a covenant. But nothing's really binding anymore but God's by His blood. And even because of the fall of man. So, we have religious people and people in the law trying to put things on people and put people in bondage. And yes. But what are we? We are led by the Spirit of God Amen. and we're under grace. Amen. So, I'm going to take us deeper and see what God's real, real ambition, His real purpose is about Him and us to come out of the world. Because... The spirit of the age is, is Satan's world, and it's Satan, right? And, 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 it's, and, and, and in Revelation 17, it says, flee Babylon, flee the seven mountains, because that's where people are going to be deceived and get the mark of the beast. So we're going to get into more into that and to the other, then I'm going to bring it back, then I'm going to bring it back to the natural, then I'm going to bring it back to the spirit. You guys following me? So that means to, to cut. And the Hebrew word birth, so at first you kind of made by passing... Uh, between two pieces of cut flesh, <clears throat> kareth means to cut or make a covenant. Also keep in mind that the covenant was a solemn, binding, intimate, inviolable agreement. Example now, David and Jonathan made a covenant. And in and, and 1 Samuel 18, I actually pulled up that a little more. Um, 1 Samuel 18... Anyway, it says, uh, Jonathan and David, uh, may, here it is right here. 1 Samuel 8, 3. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. So, now, let's see how what Jonathan and David did. And then let's see Christ. Because everything's about Christ. We don't really, what Jonathan and David did is not really, but because God, everything has meaning. And that's what makes things very interesting. So, first thing they do is they make a figure eight. A shadow of eight. A figure, it's eight. There's eight things. And so we know eight, a figure eight, right? What does that mean? It never ends. And then even man has taken the, the, the ring that never ends. But, remember, we're under grace. And God also has a New Testament. And now things are not perfect. But we're, God wants us perfect in Christ. So let me let me let me bring this to your attention. Okay, this is why we call it the blood covenant, right? Everyone's like, we're on the blood covenant, but everyone takes it so lightly. But don't you know that blood covenant? I mean, are you? It's like, look at this now. Eight steps, and eight was new beginnings. So eight also was eight. God actually took eight when Moses marked some a lot of different symbolic things, but eight mean is new beginnings. So number one, they exchange robes, which, which represents a person's covering, protection. Man covers the wife as God, God covers the man. It's a protection, covering. They got one another's back. God's got our back. Jesus has got it right. And we even got scriptures here that, that put it together. Romans 13. Be ye on the, put, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Galatians 3.27 For as many of you have been baptized in Christ, you put on Christ. Right? He's, we have a covenant, right? I'm going to keep reminding you because this is really... And then the second thing they did is they exchanged, they exchanged belts. Okay? So when they exchanged belts, <clears throat> we even have the, um, the, the um, thing that girding our loins. You know when they have something, that something goes over there to protect the, those assets there. And and then Christ says to be uh, it's in it's in um, actually in stand therefore having girded your your loins with truth, and then also it also says and put on the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Do you know they put a belt on and the sword thing was held with the belt, so it was the power. It was the power they gave each other, and when one would give the other one that power, because. They don't. They do it at one at a time. When one's given over, they're they they are under. They don't have any protection at that moment. You're giving your sword, your belt, 
means that, that person can betray you right there. Yeah, you're, you're trusting. See that? Like it's a tr- all these things are a trusting thing. So, and then and then and then the next one is um, the third is they split an animal down the middle. They walk through the blood, giving up their rights and dying to self. We, we God says to die yourself, lay down your life for one another. And, and, and he said, what greater love is? And then he talks about Christ's love in the church. But then we have right here, um, spiritual um, cutting down the middle. We, we, God says, pick up our cross. And I said, where was he? He was, he was on the cross. He tells us to be, and he says to us to be a living sacrifice. So they make a sacrifice, but they cut it down the middle. They take the blood. And, and then they cut each other's wrist. Number four, and right hand. Hand and arm mingled with blood, making a covenant. That's why now we have the blood of Jesus, right? We say we have the blood of Emmanuel's reigns, right? We have the blood of Jesus. He takes our blood, and we get his blood. And do you see that? So there we see right here. And then even in a marriage, in 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 um, is in the Jewish customs, they would have all the things that we do, like the bridesmaid and all that. They would they would be seven actually seven days of completion. They would stay in the bride chamber. And they would have to have blood on the sheets. So that would show because that was a, for a, another shadow of the covenant with us, with Jesus. You see it? And if they don't have that, that would be trouble. Then the woman and the man would come together first time. But now we know in today's society, that's very rare. And things like that. That's what Satan has come in as a perversion. And, and that's why God is restoring in the church the holiness of truth in the covenant that we have. But everyone just says religion, I want to go to heaven. They don't understand the covenant. Is God wants all of your heart. All You need to love Him all your heart, yes. mind, body, soul. Then love your neighbor as yourself yes. in the same aspect. Amen. People don't understand that. He wants it all. But there's no way to give it to Him all unless we surrender. And He slowly becomes an all-consuming fire. Right? And then what do you do? What did they do to also in the old covenant? They would burn the whole sacrifice till there's dust left. And he says, beauty for ashes, right? There's not really beauty in me yet, but the more he burns out of me, I'm changing into the image. Then that what's inside of me becomes, because the flesh is what's ugly, the flesh is what's disgusting, and the flesh is what needs to be burned off. But people that have pride will not let the flesh go. Or won't let God. And God resists the pride against grace. So grace kills the flesh. And when we don't let him, that means we, we like the wages of sin. We like the other things. It's not like anybody's perfect here in this covenant. But then we go boldly to the throne of grace, where the blood was shed once and for all to receive remissions for sins constantly. Because it's a hard thing. It's not a perfection thing. It's a hard thing. So they cut the wrist, and we know Jesus was um, wounded, cut all up for our transgressions. So he got cut for us, and he want, but we don't have to do any of that all because He did it for us. But we have to stay in Him to get all the rewards of the covenant. We can't be, be fornicating with Delilah, fornicating with the world, fornicating with uh, Jezebel and different things, and, and Hollywood and all these different things that the church thinks they can do now, and doing all these pagan things, and think that God's just going to be, oh, you're covered by the blood. Because He's serious about covenant. He's serious about commitment. Elaine was saying commitment. It's our commitment to the cross. It's our commitment to die. It's our commitment to follow Him. It's our commitment to be led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. And there's no way to do it unless we we surrender. And people don't want to surrender because they have a hard time with their flesh. So, number five, they exchange names. Well, in the book of Revelation it says we have a new name. And also when you marry someone you take their last name. So, we actually can say your last name is Christ, because if he's, well, we don't know, he's got all these names, I'm just making for example, Jesus Christ, well, he's, he's our husband as a church, so the church has his name, you understand what I'm saying? So, these are all come from God, and the world has picked them up, but they don't care, it's not a big thing with the world, because the world doesn't understand, they just do things out of rituals and, and, and tradition, but when God did something in the beginning, it was for purpose about Jesus. So... Then the then 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 uh, the name then we have that then we have this then 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 the, then the scar then now they know there's going to be a scar. That's another uh, another thing. The scar is a reminder of the covenant. Isn't it funny that Jesus left the scars when he appeared to them again? He said, and Thomas was like, "I'm not going to believe unless I see too." So then, what did Jesus? 
he came back with the scars in his tra transfigured body with his holes, and he's like to show them the covenant that he made with them. This is good. Yes. And and also, if you have if you and we get scars in our heart and stuff, those are to remind us not. You know what I'm saying? These are scars in the spirit we get, like in our heart. But we get scars if we get in a battle. People say, "Oh, those are my war wounds or whatever." You and you see them, you always will remember. You know, if you had a major surgery in your life, you not, might not remember. But you get in the mirror and you see that scar, you remember that whole thing. It's just like, oh, you know what I'm saying? And you, and so when people have scars, they remember because it, the scar brings remembrance because sight brings memory. Then number seven was a memorial celebration, a party. Well, we're going to the Mary Supper of the Lamb, right? And... And, and the bread and the wine, and we also take communion with God to remember. He says, as often as we do this, to remember the covenant. Drink this blood and eat my flesh, and, and you'll have life in you. So it's a remembrance of that covenant when we do it as a memorial, too. And it's a memorial celebration party. And, and also when we get together, it's to remind each other of, of Jesus. To remind each other of who we are, what we have to keep our brothers in track of the covenant that they made with you. Because we have a covenant with one another if we are in the body of Christ. That's the whole big thing. And if people aren't in the body of Christ, we can't have covenant with them. Because they're going that way and we're going this way. And that's why the whole thing with the marriage in the world gets a little a little messed up sometimes. So I'm going to take take you guys into that in a little bit here. I'm trying to go fast because i got a lot of stuff. Okay? Then, the last one is they planted a tree. Some people say, anyone, anything that hang, uh, and God, God gave me the revelation of this. He, the tree. Well, Jesus said, he said, anything that hangs on a tree shall, shall be cursed. And where, where, where do they do all the time when you get a building, dedicate the building? A memorial, they plant a tree. Right? Plant a tree. Well, the cross was actually, when Jesus went on cross tree, people argue about it, whatever, it doesn't matter, because they said, use a tree, it's all wood. All right, but look at today. We still have it on our neck, right? People still put it on the church, right? It's a memorial. It's turned into a memorial. So right here, you they they plant a tree. What did Jesus say? He people in religion will say, "Oh, lift up Jesus by just singing songs." No, it's not about that. He said, "If I when I be lifted up, or if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me." Yes. He was talking before the cross, yes. and at the cross, he's laying on the ground. They didn't put people. They didn't have, I mean, a ladder and wood on that. They laid the thing down, and they laid the man down, and they laid Jesus down, and they put the nails in, and they put the things in after they beat him. And then they have holes or whatever, and they planted him as a, right there, boom, into the ground. And, and then it says it should plant a tree. He was planted, and when he was, when he says, when I be lifted up means... He was on the ground, lifted up, and be, he was put into that thing until he said it was finished. He's till this day. That's a memorial for all of us. That's what we look at. We look at the cross. That's where the power comes from. That's where salvation comes yes. from. That's where our relationship came from. That's where sin died, and we became alive in Him, in Jesus, and we have to stay in Him. Because if we get out of there, then all of a sudden we're going to live in condemnation. I'm not going to preach ten different messages, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Now it speaks about the adversary and the Leviathan and perversion. Let's see what, now Numbers uh, 3.2 says, I'm going to skip that. Now, okay, Jonathan and David, just a little something I want to share. Jonathan and David, right? Jonathan was Saul's, Saul's um, son, but he made a covenant with David. And when Saul started going crazy, Jonathan had a covenant with the kingdom because he saw the kingdom of Israel and he saw what was happening. So he, in the Bible says, if you don't forsake father, mother, brother, sister, husband, wife for Jesus... You're not worthy of him. So, what he's saying is forsaking all. David, because of his, Jonathan, because of his covenant with David, what did he do? He warned him. My dad wants to get, if you throw the spear near me, my dad, because David knew by the spirit, he knew what he was seeing, and Jonathan knew his dad well. He's like, no, my dad, you've been, you're, you're one of our best whatever, right? But then he did that, and he, he warned him, and he helped because of that covenant, and he loved them, right? So, now we see David, and then we see also, and let's just look at Saul's life, and, and let's look at David's life, as, as an actual of us having a covenant with Jesus and our relationship. Was God ever looking for perfection? In a sense of flesh? No, because David did way more things than Saul did before Saul lost his mind. David, David, David 
fornicated, cheated on his wife, went out, killed his best man in war, sent him out to battle because he wanted to cover his sin, and, and, and you know all that stuff, and then realized he was so high and prideful that he began going on and forgetting about it, and then he was losing his relationship. We got all the Psalms, oh God, because of the things he was doing. But he was seeking God, seeking God. And what did he say when God was when his presence left David? David's cry was, God, give me a clean heart and pure hands. And then when when when, when the prophet came, <coughs> David realized and repented real fast, right? right. See, Saul never repented. Right. David repented, and David's like, didn't realize it because he's just into his self and he's like, you know, he got carried away. And and what happened was, David Basically, telling God, what did he say? Give me clean hands and a pure heart. Yeah. What, did, what, did, what did Saul say when he got busted? When he disobeyed? Because Saul disobeyed him. He didn't kill everything. It wasn't half the thing. They, what did Saul say? Samuel, walk out with me and to the people that I'll look good. Man-pleasing. Religious system we have now. Not care about God. Keep the Holy Spirit in the back. Denying God. Doing this. Uh, just let's look good in front of people. We want to be on the magazines. We want to be on God TV. We, we, we'll compromise. Whatever it is. So that's the thing God really hates. It's not the, even the things we have struggle with sometimes. So then what? He says, then God says, you, this day the anointings left you. Samuel said, and he never repented. Saul was only, he's like, yep, I did it. Instead of crying out to God or whatever. So God already saw the future because he's not in time. So he anointed David. It wasn't God's plan. But remember, they, the man picks uh, Saul. God picked David. Yes. Religion picks man. You go to yes. college and you know you go to theological school or you go to some uh, Bible college where they aren't even in the Bible. You go to all these things. But if you're not anointed, I don't care how many titles you get, you ain't going to have God and you ain't going to have the power unless God promotes you. Man can't do nothing, right? A promotion comes from God. I mean, we can go on and on by the, with all the different preaching. So this is what we have in modern day stuff. And that's why people don't realize the difference between the Holy Spirit and the Book of Acts church and what God's bringing us into. A church without spot or wrinkle. A church that looks and smells and like they're God and, and they're Romans, like a sweet, you know what I'm saying? A living sacrifice. And, or we have religion where they just want to get rich. They just have doctrines of devils. Prosperity. God is prosperity. Our prosperity comes from obedience. And then divination comes from everyone saying, God, God, God. And God has never said nothing. God surely wants this. No, God never said that. It's called divination. And divination is, it, it's, it's the secrets of man's heart. See, when you're in, under the anointing of the body of Christ and the Spirit, everybody knows hidden agendas. You can't get nothing by the body of Christ. You can get everything by in a, in a system of religion because everybody's man please. Everybody's uh, throwing each other off the ladder. Everybody's trying to do this and everybody's doing things and it's not by the Spirit of God. It's a big, big mess. But in the kingdom of God, in the real church, God wants holiness. He wants purity. He doesn't want us to have hidden agendas or, or mo motives that aren't pure for the kingdom of God. And that's why you can't have greed, covetousness, and different things. And, and there again, and lust of things. It, it, we, we get into these seeds a little bit, but we're quick. We get them delivered and we repent. But in, in other things, it's like false grace. The blood just covers everything. We just do what we want. Thank God He did that for me. And that has nothing to do with covenant. Thank God that I picked that one and I said that prayer that day. That doesn't get you into heaven. Covenant and fighting for it and protecting it with all your heart. And protecting one another with it. Because in Mark 10, 2-12, Jesus speaks to the Pharisees. Came to him and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Tempting him, and he answered and said unto them, Well, Moses, what did Moses command you? And he said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart, and, and some, 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 some places say for the perversion of your heart, he wrote this precept. See, Moses wrote that. Because Moses got authority from God to judge things. Then Moses set up a bunch once because it was getting too busy for him. Then he said, bring the bigger things to me. And Moses had the authority, and with God leading him in different things, to keep order. Because there was so much sin and perversion. They had to do things. And this is what we have in the world today. We're still living under the... In the sense, the world lives under the law because they're under the curse. So the world's still living on the law, even though they're not following it and they're lawless. But in that old 
covenant way because the first religion, the only religion that's any religion at all is 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 the you know God's one. He started the the, the old and, the, and then he brought us into the new. So he said that. But look, this is remember where we were before. But he said for. Uh, from the beginning, the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Now, that's why he says, we leave the world and we cleave to Jesus. He's our husband, right? And if our family's not following Jesus, or anyone else is follow, not following Jesus, we leave them too. Do you see what I'm saying? But it, it's not a bad thing. You don't leave them in the sense of not praying for them, fellowship maybe, loving, but you leave them. You can't have fellowship. And I'm going to get into that in a minute because there's no... There's no to be yoked with unbelievers. You see what I'm saying? Because we have this thing. I'm going to give you a demonstration because someone came here and freaked out on me because I married someone that was married before. And they're, he, they're under religious law. Because I'm going to get... Okay, let's just do it right now. Says brother. So let's say two couples get married and neither of them are saved. And they got married because they're fornicating. The world said, you better get married because you're fornicating. So they get married and... One of them gets saved. The woman gets saved, and the other one continues to sell drugs, continues to do this, and continues to that, and ends up in prison. Now, that woman, because of the mistakes she made before the blood of Jesus, or anything else, or before Revelation, now she's going to be, uh, because that's what they all say, she's going to be under the, under the law now, of the old, uh, because of, no, she's born again, and she's under grace. So God, because God never really put them together, Lust put them together. Right. Fornication puts people together. <laughs> Convenience right. puts people together. Yeah. Taxes put people together. Uh, married because they want to be an American citizen puts people together. There's all kinds of things to put people But that's man putting people. And, yeah. and, and the perversion of the heart putting people together. Yeah. But when God puts people together, you know. Yeah. You understand? Because you, we hear His voice. We're supposed to hear His voice. But before we knew Him, we can't hear His voice. So now that's why we have grace. Not for lasciviousness, not to do what we want, so we can actually advance the kingdom and do what God has us to do and whatever He tells us to do and when He tells us to do. That's why we need the fear of the Lord. And no one's going to tell us what to do because it's in the Logos if the Spirit's telling you different by witnesses. That's why we have the body and the covenant. The body should bear witness. You know, and I say, oh, that's black, and everyone's saying it's blue, and you, God told you it's blue, but it's really black, and you're like, well, you're not hearing God, because there's there's truth Amen. that's actually in with it too, and if, and if everyone's deceived, then that's what we have: false prophecies. People, yeah. the false prophets come and they prophesy what your heart wants, because yeah. the devil knows, because he put it in there. He says, where God joined together, let no man put asunder. No man put asunder what God puts together. Everyone's saying, just because you... Okay, so I go to... I'm not saved, and I go to the Catholic Church, and I say in front of God, which is blasphemy, really, because you don't even follow Him. So how do you go to that? And you're like, I'm not even a Christian. So why do you bother even going to the church? Because it's all religious traditions. It means nothing to you. You're just doing that. Because the world tells you you're supposed to get married because you're sleeping together. But basically, if you're not following God, what's the difference? What's the difference, right? Oh, the religious people are going to freak out. But it's the truth. Paul even goes in deeper. He says, I, I didn't even wish I wouldn't even, some don't even marry. So they can really follow Jesus. But I know that God, some marriages are put together to advance the kingdom, that we need each other there. Yeah. So Paul even says something. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm, I'm not going to be that long. And it says, For this his disciples began the same matter. And he said unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth the adultery against her. And, and if the woman shall put away her husband and marry another, she commits adultery. Jesus is talking about what was happening before, right? Before to them about that, and we know that it's about if cheats one cheats on one another, whatever, whatever. But we got other scriptures. We have other things. So people, when they want something, they want to put witchcraft on people, and they shut down the spirit to hear God for themselves. And that's where God speaks. He's the one we have a covenant with first. So Ephesians five twenty one. Now let's get back to the church. Because of the real thing that God is saying, right? So this is, I'm fornicating in high school, right? And i doing drugs, and i got someone pregnant. So I marry her because everyone told me to. And then later I get saved, she's still worshiping Satan. So I, I have to stay with that person? Because now I'm born again. I'm a new creation. I'm not. Paul was married, they say. 
he had to leave his whole Jewish customs when he went with... And that's why he didn't marry, because he had strong convictions about, and he probably loved his wife, but he had to follow Jesus. This is deep, but it's real. And it's going to set some people free today. And it says this, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Why submit yourself unto your own husband as unto the Lord? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as what? Christ is the head of the church. Here's Paul, real religious man, gets the Holy Spirit baptized, and Jesus shows him everything he's going to encounter and go through to be a, a follower of Christ. And then, now he's getting the mysteries of all this stuff that because of the Holy Spirit. And he didn't even counsel with Jesus three and a half years. But he knew so much of the Torah and everything, it all came alive to him. And that's why all the old should come alive to us, just like this stuff should be coming alive in your spirit right now. And God should be bearing witness of truth. So therefore, the church is subject to Christ. So we need to sort of submit to Christ as our in Christ, right? Put on Christ, make no provisions. Subject unto Christ. So let the wives to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself. There's the thing. Love, covenant, giving yourself. Right? That, that, so that's why I said we're married to the Word. This Word needs to be found in our heart. More right on. We're married to the Word. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word became flesh. The Word dwelt among us. And the, the light came into the world and it was the light of all men. And, 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 and men loved darkness more than light, hated the light. So if people love darkness, how are you going to fellowship with an unbeliever and not be yoked together? You know, this is where we're going to. So, at the same time, yeah, God doesn't want, God hates Leviathan. God hates division. God hates divorce and different things. But He's talking about Christ and the church. We cheat on God all the time. In the Spirit. He's jealous for so many of them, and we don't get that. We need to understand what this covenant we have, because maybe if you understand it, you'll be able to submit to the power of God and have Him change you so you actually look like a faithful bride. That, he said, and they might sanctify and cleanse with, and here it is, love your wives, and he says, that we might sanctify and cleanse with the washing of the water of the Word. The Word washes us. Where do we go in the temple? They would wash their face on the outside. Now God's cleaned us from the inside out. That's why I got no shoes on. I got a t-shirt. Religion, outside. Oh man, he's got no tie on today. Why does he look? That's a, that's a weird guy. It's like, well, well, what do you mean? Because you've been foreign, you've been, you've been, you've been so, you've been so mindset with religion and, 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 and what you see, you don't understand what, what freedom is. And then religion will judge you for things that God doesn't care about. And then all of a sudden, they'll pass by things like disobedience, like not... And make light of it and focus on stuff that God doesn't really care about. Because yeah. when you actually start getting the mind crushed, you actually realize what God really cares about. He cares about everything in a sense, but He's not so concerned with things that we get so concerned with. Yeah. Sanctify and cleanse that we might present Him a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle. Or any, so I said the Holy Spirit's preparing us for that day, but we're already there in, we're engaged, but we're already, we're already in covenant. We just haven't stepped in fully out of this world with Him. But in spirit, we're there. That's what Paul would always say. You're crucified with Christ, you're risen, ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba, you know what I'm saying? And everyone tries to do that now, like, without going over further. And it's like, you got some, it's like getting a little perverted. The revelation for us to know that we can walk in, and that's the promise that God's raising up the manifestation of the sons of God. And we are going to, and I believe right before Jesus comes back, there's going to be people preaching with so much fire and so much, and the Holy Spirit's going to fall way ten times more than we see in the nations or whatever. And it's going to be amazing. But we have to surrender. And, and, and that's called submission. Submitting to Christ. That's such a bad word now. Especially, that's why God has so much, uh, the devil has so much perversion going on. He wants women here and marrying one another. Jezebel, that's why Jezebel's in the church. You got homosexuality uh, people running the church, two women running the church, and stuff like that. Because Satan is mocking God. But those in the remnant know him. And they're not going to let God be mocked. And the devil's going to be mocked in the end, so it doesn't matter. And they might present himself a glorious church. And so sought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loves himself. He that loves his wife. He that loves Christ. You've got to love Christ for right. And then love, love your neighbor as yourself. There's one first. Loving God first. 
when both are in Christ and both are following, and God spoke to both, and you went and your and the whole church said, This is your wife, and, and then it was real, then you know, God's pretty much, you know, everyone's in light. There should be no this is for that, but so many people, you know what I mean? You get where I'm going? Now let's go to Ephesians 5, 29, 33. No, for no man ever hated his own flesh and nourishes it and cherishes it that as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause, now Paul's saying, for this cause a father and mother shall be joined unto his wife. No, not the father. Man shall leave his father and mother. That wouldn't be good, right? Okay, they were doing that too back then. We've got to stop all that too under the blood. And shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is the great mystery. But then Paul says this, But I speak. He's not even talking about it. He's trying to make them see. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Christ in you. Christ in the bride. We have a, he has a bride, and then you are his. We're part of the body, and we're part of him. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and him, and the wife, and see that she reverence the husband, submit to the husband. God cannot deny himself. And we see in Hosea where, where he did, he destroyed the people for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, and he said to reject them because they, had, they have no priest. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law, and thou God, and forget thy children. So about the vows that, that, that people make. We all make those vows all the time. God, if you get me out of this problem, I'll do this, this, and this, what he told you to do last year. It's like all of our problems come from disobedience. All of our problems come from sin. I mean, we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have things, the world. We're going to have persecution. But the tr- problems that we create out of disobedience are train wrecks, are, are shipwrecked things that, that are when we don't follow God. Psalms 89, 34, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David, his seed shall endure forever. And his throne as the sun before me. Just thinking, David was a. If David wrote that, he's a very confident man. <laughs> his seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever as the moon, and as a faithful witness in heaven. Selah. God's serious about commitment, He's serious about covenant. And with one another. And so now we see here. Let's jump back to this where Paul talked about some things. We then are workers together. Now the cross has come. Jesus is. We got the revelation. We have a covenant with Jesus. Now Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth. You receive not the grace of God in vain. For you say that I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, ourselves as ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults. Hey, and you might get some of those stripes for Christ. They might show up, actually. God doesn't want you to get saved and go home and do your your Jonathan and David thing in the flesh, but these things might even come out to show you, right? When you don't deny Christ, you get beat. When Jesus didn't deny the Father, and He didn't deny Himself, and He went to the cross, right? And at the end time, what's going to happen? Martyrism. Witness means martyr. Witness means to die. We're like, think witnesses, I'm going to tell somebody about this somebody. That's not, because we got, can I get a witness? That's really not what it means. It means martyrdom. It means covenant, everything. Witness. You are a witness. Wow, they died for Christ. That, that, that sure shows a witness. And, and that's what it means. So God's preparing us. And then people are saying, well, why, what, why is God getting so serious? Because look at, look at the times we're living in. Look what we need to be prepared for. If we don't keep hearing the message, keep hearing the truth, keep hearing and getting the bread from heaven, and keep speaking the truth, keep going to the altar, keep yeah. keeping our, keeping, uh, um, 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 not lording over one another, but keeping everyone in check each other because we love one another because of what's out there. 
But then church accountability is exactly what I'm looking for. And but we see the church sending people in the world because people that are half saved, what does mean by that? Are like can't even live righteously into things coming under the beast, coming under the uh, under the seven mountains. One's media, arts, entertainment, the healthcare system, the government, the religious systems of this world. There's seven of these mountains that Jesus tells in Revelation two to flee from. And that's what I said before. How are you going to flee something that you're connected, unequally yoked with? And, oh, oh, it's finally time. All right, where's that key at? It's like, we're, that's the foolish versions, right? You got no oil because you're, you're, you're getting filled with the world. Jesus said, the world has nothing in me. Nothing in me. So when Satan came to tempt him, he's like, you can't tempt me because I know who I am. First of all, I know where I'm going. And I know that I have everything already. You're on rented space. I might uh, not have something... Right, but I'm rich and have all things. Remember, Paul says in here that we're rich in Christ. It doesn't matter what you actually have in your possession, but we're filthy rich in Christ. In Christ, because he, he he he's he's it. He's everything, and it's amazing. So he says this: approving ourselves, ministers of God, and patient in stripes, fastings. By the way, I forgot to tell you the dates of the. Of the hate, we want to fast for that. So remind me later. And everyone's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, yes. by love unfeigned, by the Word of Truth. Remember the Word written or like the girded, the sword. You guys seeing how important it is to stay in Him as unknown yet well known, as dying and behold, we live chastened. Chasten. That's another thing I didn't. I just picked up. Remember they chasten that. Ever heard of chastity belt? Yeah, yeah. Well, there it is. Chasten <laughs> pure to him, not in the world, not fornicating with the light, not running. You know, you see it. Chasten. That's that's the problem. What's going on in the church? Everyone. It's it's mixture. That's why they didn't mix seeds in the Old Testament. The things they didn't mix clothing because it was a sign of not mixing with the world when you get saved. Couldn't even wear cotton and polyester. Yeah. My God, we're all in sin. I think I got five different nits on today. <laughs> Unknown yet well known, as dying, behold, we live chastened and not killed. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing. There's right there some, and yet possessing all things. Remember what always happens because I don't read the scripture. I just pull it when he gives it. Oh, you Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you; our heart is enlarged. You are not straightened in us. But you are straightened in your own bowels. Now for recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, you as enlarged. Be not unequally yoked together, for what fellowship is righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial, which is the devil? Or what part has he that believeth with an infidel, with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? But remember, we're talking about Christ and the church. But now Paul's even talking about our fellowship with one another. For we are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. Walking, he's walking in me. Amen. Just kidding. Well, yeah, it says it. He's walking around. I think he's on my rib right here. Just kidding. <laughs> and I will walk in them and I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. Who are them? The world. <coughs> the world, right? Come out from among them and say, Separate yourselves, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and I will be your promise. I Second Corinthians was supposed to be, um, I put this other... <laughs> was supposed to be first, so I'm going to pretend you just heard that, didn't hear that. <coughs> but I'm going to read one, and then I was supposed to go into that. But I was scurrying. 1 Corinthians 6 to 15. And, and then you shall be the sons and daughters, says the Lord. 1 Corinthians. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ. Shall you then take the members of Christ and make the members of a harlot? God forbid. What ye know not that which is joined to a harlot is one body. That's why God's saying about the world. About the world. Joined to the things of this world. Every sin that a man does without the body, he's committed fornication sinneth against his own body. 
What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? wish I would have got it in order, but it's going to work. For you are brought, bought with a price. Bought with blood, right? Covenant. 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 Therefore glorify God in your body and in your, in your spirit, which are God's. Then, he goes in, 1 Corinthians, and I can just touch on that again at the end, because the whole next chapter, he goes right into this. Now concerning the things I wrote unto you, that for a good man not to touch a woman, nevertheless avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render the wife in the beauty of due benevolence, likewise the wife to the husband. And the wife has not power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise the husband over their own, of his own body, but the wife. Defraud not one another, except for fasting all that says, and that Satan doesn't tempt you, nor you're in, in continuity. But I speak this by permission, and not by commandment. So here's Paul, speaking. For I would that all men were, even as myself, but every man has the proper gift of God, and one after this manner, and one after another. I say therefore, to an unmarried and widows, it is good for you to, that they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn. But don't you think Paul's talking about believers? Two believers too? That's right. And so people in the world will say, oh, but you know, what will they say? Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. That's right. And he said, all this is, is I have no fellowship with unbelievers. So people take the Bible and they make it what they want. But after all the things I said before, remember we're talking about Christ in the church. But what I'm saying is, we have to remember that, that God, but Paul is saying some things in his own, uh, what he's seen, and, and after his own things, that, and he, 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 he's saying, you know, because everybody knows, this guy, I'm not going to go with jokes, okay. <laughs> it is good for them to abide even as I, but I cannot contain them, let them, okay. So he's talking to the church. He's saying, if God is condoning and saying that, and these two people can't wait, hurry up and do it, because they want to keep it pure. If it's bothering them, and, and and he's saying, let's say one of them was, they both came into the church, and one of them was Jewish. And one of them had to leave, because if they hung around with the Jewish, they're going to get killed. So... Do you see what I'm saying? So legalistic people comes in and tries to make their own way without the grace and the power of God. But we know that God leads us and God speaks to us if we listen. And He'll tell us. And when He tells us something, that means... Okay, just because I say, um, you know, I'll make two gods. When God puts something together, and I think it's very important, because when God puts something together... There's a witness, not that kind of witness. <laughs> there's, um, there's another type of witness, which means bear witness of the Spirit. And then God does things that carnal people don't think. He'll do things. He'll, he could even tell you if, because we're not under, you could marry, you, he might tell you to marry somebody that doesn't for, uh, exactly follow this thing, because, but you need to know. But unless you're getting led by sin, lust, or other things. So, that's why we need to all be led by the Spirit. Right. And sometimes things don't look like what we think they're supposed to look like. Right. But if there's peace, God speaks to us. And we have, to, we, have to, we have to bring our own life to Him. And we have to... But also, He tells us things and warns us to people around us. But sometimes we can't hear anybody. Because we're so... We have our agenda and our motor's going 20 miles an hour. And we stop thinking because now we're hearing our own self and thinking it's God. It's called divination as well. So, what ends up happening is, we start believing that, and then sometimes, then what do we say? I know so many times, I told somebody a while back about, in Bible school, uh, Miami, this place we were at, and yeah, had a dream and all that, of course, lasted three, and became the biggest enemies, and they're not together anymore. They're both Christians too. So not even about unlegally yoking, not even, it's about being led by the Spirit of God. God's not going to make you stay in something that's going to stop your, your relationship with Him. Amen. Two, unless He's telling you. So don't let other people tell you 
things unless you know that it's from God. But if everyone's saying the same thing, that's why we have fellowship and we are the body of Christ. So Paul said to the one, right? Oh, there's one here. She's, this guy is sleeping with somebody else's something. Remember? It's like, throw him out of the church. Right? That he, he's, and so he's flesh will, right? So there's fornication and there's, but today it's all about love, love, love. You know, God will take care of it later. But they didn't play games back then and they had a lot more power back then. So that's where God wants to take us to where we're led by the Spirit and not only by the letter because God has to breathe on the letter. This could, God could say this exactly like it is for somebody and someone else. He could be saying something else as long as it's His voice. Abraham didn't have a book to confer with what he was being told by God, but he heard God. He said, go that way, and he went. And he said, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the voice of God. God can talk audible. He can talk through dreams. He can confirm with the Scripture. But He will not say nothing against the Scripture. But it also, nothing is really against the Scripture if you take the full aspect of what I'm saying. People are married before the, before the cross. Now you're you have to take... So there's all these things that people don't get until they get in a relationship with God. they got to understand, God's ways are not always like our ways. But we have to be in a relationship with God to keep our joy. Because if you're in disobedience, you're not going to have joy. You're going to have problems. You're going to have different things. But we're speaking about Christ in the church today. And fornicating with the things of the world. Working in places where the money's good.